Good morning, everybody. It's Pastor Paul. It is Wednesday morning. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here, March 24th, 2021. And um, it's springtime is in full bloom. I'm going to try to keep the birds from making a nest um, right on top of me here. So they're they're very boisterous, boisterous this morning. So um, Anyway, but it adds to the ambiance, does it not? Okay, we are glad you joined us. We are continuing our journey through the book of Exodus. Now, if you have not tuned in to the last couple of, of, of episode sessions, you might want to go back and review because we are into that section of, of Exodus where you largely skip over it when you come to your Bible reading plan as you're reading through the Bible in a year, you know, or you... Oh, your eyes kind of glaze over because there's all sorts of um, rules and regulations around ceremonial law and civil law and how God's people are to conduct themselves in relationship um, to one another, living under the rule of God and a theocracy. And, and so this, some of this stuff just seems very obtuse and arcane and distant from us. And so we, we, we dread getting to these sections in our Bible reading plans. But but as we talked about yesterday, that we really shouldn't be thinking about things that way. Because remember, Jesus said all of this, the whole Old Testament, every bit of it is about him. It points to him. It's fulfilled in him. Um, we don't um, obey it in the same way, okay, in terms of the specific regulations. However, we do look to the underlying principles, okay, that are at work. Um, in these laws. So in other words, even though um, we don't live in the same economy, um, even though the, the, the sacrificial system has been fulfilled in Christ, even though we don't live in a theocracy, um, it doesn't mean these laws that were given, you know, 2,500, 3,500 years ago are irrelevant. In fact, there's a, as the Westminster Confession says, there is an underlying principle a general equity thereof that we want to grab a hold of and we want to do that this morning through some of these texts so so we're in we're we're if you're keeping track here we are in Exodus 21 22 and 23 and what I thought I would do is just highlight a few of the laws that are in here we're not going to read through all of this it'd get a little tedious but I'm going to re read um, two or three or four of these different laws and stipulations and talk about how we can pull principles um, from them that are fully applicable to us today. Um, now let me read a few and then I'm going to make, I'm going to comment on them at, at, after I read several of these. So first of all, Exodus 21 um, verse 28 talks about what happens when your ox gores somebody else? And of course we tune out, but, but we're going to see some important things here. So let's look at verse 28. When an, ox, when an ox gores a man or woman to death, the ox shall be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has been warm but not kept it in, and it kills a man or woman, the ox shall be stoned, and its owner also shall be put to death. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to this same rule. If the ox gores, you know, it goes on and on. Okay, so what's interesting um, about this particular example 
even though we don't typically deal with ox and stone, you know, sons and daughters being stoned and gored and those sorts of things, um, there, there's still some interesting things about this, okay? Um, first of all, as an example, um, God, the Old Testament law is very clear to distinguish between what the, the prophets call um, sin, okay, or, or missing the mark, or, or, or disobedience, okay, or failing to meet a standard, and then, and then what they would call the, the sin of the high hand. So in other words, um, not all sin is created equal in its consequence among people. Now we know that all sin is sin in God's eyes, but it's very clear because there's different punishments for different violations of the law that, that there is a sense in which um, some sin and its impact and consequence is, is worse than others. And so much of that goes to the heart or the intentions of the person. So for example, in this, in this particular example, um, if, if your ox gores somebody, hurts them, injures them, kills them, your liability under that particular law is different if your ox has never gored anybody before. However, if your ox has gored someone before and you have not taken um, the measure or opportunity to address that, your liability is greater, your punishment is greater because you knowingly sinned, you knowingly put other people at risk. And, and this is an important principle that we need to understand on two levels. Um, number one, as parents, you intuitively know this, right? You intuitively, um, there are certain things your children might do that, that, that would qualify as, as negligence or as um, um, immaturity or lack of wisdom. Um, and then there's other things that they might do that would, um, would, would be knowing disobedience, right? And it's interesting that God's law um, um, makes provision for those sorts of things, okay, and, and 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 distinguishes that in terms of the level of sort of punishment. A second thing, though, is that this really strikes at the litigious nature of our society, right? Our legal system does not think this way at all, okay. Oftentimes, now it, it does in capital offenses, but if we think about civilly and um, and people bringing civil lawsuits against one another, rarely is there any distinction, um, or often there's not no distinction whatsoever between um, was this simply a mistake or was this a high-handed uh, sense of sin and deliberate harm to someone. So oftentimes it's about what can we get from people, okay? Um, how much can we take them for? What kind of advantage can we gain over someone else, um, irrespective of any other context or circumstances? And so everybody just lawyers up and goes after one another. And, and really that violates um, biblical principles. That, that doesn't mean there's never a time to bring a lawsuit. That's not the point of this, okay? The point of this is that so, so many times it's our default, okay? To, to not only stand up for what is right, which is good, but to get what we can while the getting is good, irrespective of anything else. Um, whether it's we are trying to get 
uh, find things wrong with our meal at a restaurant in order to, to get free food, or whether we're just persistently complaining um, um, at various stores about the quality of product when we know something's not really wrong with it, but we, we're, we're out for the best deal that we can get. All of these are things that I think a passage like this speaks to, okay? Let's, let, let's do a couple of other examples, okay? And this is in chapter 22 under laws about restitution. Verse 7, if, if a man gives to his neighbor in 22, 22 verse 7, if a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to keep safe and it is stolen from the man's house, then if the thief is found, he shall pay double. If the thief is not found, the owner of the house shall come near to God to show whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. For every breach of trust, whether it's for an ox, for a donkey, for a sheep, for a cloak, for any kind of lost thing of which one says this is it, the case of both parties shall come before God. The one whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. So again, we, we, we have this illustration where there's a principle, for example, embedded in this law of, of stewardship, right? So I'm giving you something, I'm entrusting something to you, okay? Um, to take care of for me. But while you have this thing, something happens to it, okay? It's stolen or it's misplaced. And here there is a, there's a prescription for how they are to come before God. They are to make oaths before God. They are to kind of swear to their honesty about um, this is what happened, this is what didn't happen. And the, um, the, the rulers of God, the elders in this case, um, make a judgment about what is to take place. And so a, a principle here we find is that God's people, okay, are always very quick to want to resolve things between themselves, okay? Again, there doesn't mean, doesn't mean there's never a time where we don't seek uh, remedy from the courts on something. But what it does say is that there is to be an instinct, okay, among Christians to resolve differences among themselves, okay? And it doesn't mean that the, the, the church and the elders act as, as court authorities. What it, what it simply is pointing to is that there are times in our Christian world where we know we've hurt someone, okay, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And what the Old Testament law is pointing to is that hey, considering all other factors being equal and what's reasonable, make it right with your brother, okay? Make it right. Make sure there's no offense against you. Make sure that you have a clean conscience in the way that you're, you're dealing with your brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it's something business, whether it's something personal, um, um, whether it's going above and beyond, okay? And sometimes, as we will find in the Old Testament law, um, sometimes, okay, um, there is, there's, a, there, there, there's an opportunity where we absorb wrongs, right? There are, God gives us opportunities. We, we, someone said this, I can't remember who. Forgiveness is, I think it's Tim Keller, forgiveness is always costly, right? It always costs the one who is forgiving something, okay? Whether it's um, something material, or something emotional, something relational. Well, God's law is continually bringing uh, us back 
um, to that idea. What does it mean to love our neighbor, love our brother and sister in Christ? Okay, um, w- one last one, then we'll be done for today. Exodus 23, verse 12. We've talked about this one before, but I thought I would mention it again, okay? Um, Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed, okay? And we talked about how Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of the Sabbath, Um, and we don't observe the Sabbath in the same way as they did in the Old Testament. However, okay, um, there is to be a principle in our life where we are letting off the gas, where we are trusting in God enough to cease from our regular administrations of work and activity to entrust ourselves to God. And so, so if you think about this, this passage in verse 23, donkeys and employees and those sorts of things, those were, I mean, it's kind of like Chick-fil-A closing on Sunday, right? We, our, our culture asks naturally, well, well, why would you do that? You're, you're leaving money on the table. Um, why, God, would you instruct your people to give your animals rest and your servants rest and your workers rest? You're leaving money on the table. And this is an opportunity when we rest, okay, and recreate, recreate, um, we are showing that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We are entrusting ourselves to God and trusting that he will provide for us and take care of the things that are needed to be done in our lives, okay, even when we're not undergoing and engaging in our daily work and normal activities. So, so I say all that to, to, today using these three examples to encourage you to dig deeper, okay? Encourage you um, in, your, um, in your Bible study, when you come to difficult passages like this, to try to see under them, to try to see to the principle behind them, to think about um, what God is, um, how can I go above and beyond, right, to make sure that I'm walking out love of my neighbor, that I'm walking out care for other people, that no one has an offense against me versus what can I get away with, what can I get, how can I take advantage, Um, we're instead entrusting um, ourselves to God that he will provide for us if we do what is right by our brother. Okay, so tomorrow we're going to be back into the narrative portion of Exodus, okay, Exodus 23, um, where um, God makes certain promises to the Israelites as they enter the promised land in Exodus, uh, where he reaffirms their covenant, his covenant to them, and so we'll be back into the narrative portion of Exodus tomorrow. Same time, same station. Thanks for joining us. Lord, pray now that you would bind your law to our hearts and that we would um, be, be eager, anxious to know what it means to walk faithfully after you, to, to pursue other people, to make things right, to live at peace with our brothers and our neighbors. So Lord, give us the grace to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. See you tomorrow. Exodus.